Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. I'm goddamn sick of watching you guys play. There's not one of you, not one of you that's learned how to win. We got hammered the last four games. And it stops right now. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. Please don't go. Welcome to Stokes County Boys, a podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they're not. As always, you're joined by me, Philip, and my good friend, Patrick. Patrick, what's happening? Philip, I'm exhausted. I'm going to give you everything I got tonight, but I am dead tired. I, I mean, appreciate this is it. end of the second week of band camp with my high schoolers. It's been so fun. It's so good to make music again with people. Yeah. Lord, dude, I'm, I'm sunburned. I'm tired. In a good mood, but I'm, I'm you know. Well, yeah, that, I'm I mean, doing that's my best. Good work. That's good work when you can, like, work a long time. It is exhausting, but, you know, you don't feel at least spiritually depleted at the end of the day, even though your body's giving out on you. <laughs> so rewarding. And just to be able to, like, you know, we're getting that uptick in the Delta, you know, oh, with, with this yeah. new strain of, of the virus. I, I'm just, I, I want to go to school, Philip. I want to do my job. I want to be around I, people. I know. I know. Like I. I don't. No, I know. I can't no, do I know. another year of this. I, yeah, exactly. I know. It's it's driving me nuts. And then and then on top of it, you know, we I saw and you saw this in our our uh, our text thread that you know Sturgill Simpson's coming to town in September with like Willie Nelson and what was a government mule I think. But I was like, God, I gotta go to this right. And then. A week later, you know, some of our friends that wanted to go were like, did you buy those tickets? And I was like, mm, I don't know now. I don't feel, <laughs> I don't know if I should. Even though it's outside, but still, it's going to be packed. I, I've, I, God, this sounds awful. I, cause I, I, I truly do take this stuff seriously. I really, truly yeah, do. Yeah. But like I, my mental health, I'm, I'm going to the Hell Omega tour in DC this weekend. Well, and I like I don't I I gotta do this. I, I'm it, well, you know, if I was in your if I was in your situation, and you know you're fully vaccinated, you can. I, I would do it too. I would do the same thing and just take proper precautions. Fact is, you know, I have kids that are yeah can't be vaccinated. That's the so key. I still have to be pretty careful until they're like fully vaccinated and all that stuff. I'm just like, well, there's certain things that I'm still not going to do that. You probably you probably could do for example. Right. Well, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you've got kids that aren't not vaccinated because they can't be yet. You know, like I don't have that at all. And you know, the the people that I've been around, I, I'm not, I, I'm not allowed to ask my kids if they're vaccinated. My students. Yeah. And, but but I'm also like close enough with them that they they share. You know, they they they'll sit in my office and talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they trust me enough that they'll talk. Like, they're all vaccinated. And, you know, I mean, I, I learned that through just eavesdropping. And so, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Which, you, as you said, they found out about this. They're probably going to hear that. Yeah. What you probably. Well, most likely. I'm, I'm fine with it. Maybe they'll throw. <laughs> you know, they can support us on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can support us many ways, children. Yes. First of all, you know, take your parents' credit card, anchor.fm slash SC boys slash support little as 99 cents a month. They won't notice it's gone. Help us, <laughs> help us a little bit. You can also buy a t shirt. All right, bonfire, uh, whatever links in the bio. Another thing you can do for free for free is on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, 
uh, give us five stars and write a review, just like this one I have failed to read, even though it's been there for a little while. I do have somewhat of an excuse because my uh, podcast app was going kind of nuts and I had to switch over to a different one, but it's from our good buddy Jonathan Carone running for town council. Remember, if you are in King and you can vote for him and you don't vote for him, sorry, can't listen to this show anymore, so you better vote for him. (laughs) He wrote uh, five stars. And if you write one, students and everyone else out there will read it on the show. He says, this one, title is, this one is fun. I appreciate that. And he writes, I grew up there. I guess referring to Stokes County, of course. I grew up there. I left there. For some reason, I moved back there. But even if you have no connection to Stokes County, this is a fun listen to relive growing up in the 90s and aughts, I guess 2000s, right? So thank you for that. I appreciate that, Jonathan. So Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. And another listener wrote back to us, our good friend Sam. And always, you can email us at stokescountyboys at gmail.com with any questions or comments or info. But he had re- recently listened to our um, favorite concerts, our top five on our, our favorite concerts we've ever been to. So he brought us his, okay? Now, what I like about this is, one, he grew up in a different uh, area. He grew up in Virginia, kind of uh, central Virginia nearing to like Northern Virginia. So we're going to get some Northern Virginia, like DC type shows there. And also he's a lot more into heavy metal than we are. So he's got some cool different, you know, different experiences, different bands that he's seen. You ready for his top five? Oh yeah. All right. Uh, top five shows he's ever been to. One was, uh, Norma Jean, the band Norma Jean uh-huh. in Silver Springs, Maryland, Halloween, 2003. Now, He said this is one of his first shows ever. Now, what's cooler than like seeing certain bands or bands you love, even like a metal band or like a heavy band? I think it would be seeing them on Halloween, right? Well, they got to bring a little something extra. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to there. Yeah, he said it was uh, it was a bill full of like metalcore bands and a tiny. He said a tiny fellowship hall building with low ceilings. So he said, uh, he said, ninja moshing galore. So I'm not familiar with ninja moshing. I'm sure people were grabbing onto <laughs> the ceiling or <laughs> ceiling fans or lighting and, and pulling off of that. And also crazy Halloween costumes. So I, you could only imagine. He said he was 15. And of course, that was a formative experience for him seeing that band on Halloween. He also said Opeth in Springfield, Virginia, fall 2005. He said that's one of his favorite bands. He got to see them at this sold-out show, 500 small venue, 500 people ripping it up, playing some awesome songs. Another band, which I would like to see, is the band Sleep. Do you know this band, Sleep? I I don't. Their genre, I guess, it's kind of metal, but I guess there's that term like post-rock, which is basically like, it's mostly like instrumental bands that play like real heavy, like detuned stuff, but they're really good. Sometimes they're called like stoner metal or something like that because they're kind of slow and it's kind of like the the instrumental sections of a of a Black Sabbath song, you know. It's all like right, all right, all right. Kind of like Black Sabbath without Ozzy, right? <laughs> it, but it's more than that. You'd have to hear. It. But one cool thing is he saw him in D.C. at the Nine Thirty Club in 2018. Do you know about the Nine Thirty Club? I do. You know, one important thing about this, if you don't know, is this is a very important especially in the early 80s, that hardcore scene, the hardcore punk scene in the in D.C. in the early 80s, 930 Club was one of the like mainstay venues. So 
I, I haven't seen a show there. I've almost gone to a lot of shows. I've been to a few shows in D.C. I've been to like the, the D.A.R., the Daughters of the American Revolution Hall, which is a really cool venue. But I've always wanted to go to 930 Club. Never, never seen anything there. A couple more, Patrick. Dillinger Escape Plan he saw in Fredericksburg, Virginia, summer 2006. And then I just want to mention this one. This is kind of cool. This band, I don't know the band, but it's a band called Deaf Heaven. It's at the Ogden Theater in Denver, Colorado, which is kind of cool. So in summer of 2013, he said he was traveling with his brother. They were doing a road trip. Caught the band there on the way over there, which is a lot of fun to do that. Go to trips and catch concerts. I've done that a couple times. It's Oh, yeah. It's a good time. Well, it gives you but, an excuse to, to but, but, go somewhere, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. But one of the fun things that he wrote is uh, at that time, he was, you know, in his mid-20s. But he's a tall dude, so he's like six foot five. So he said he was dominating that that pit in, in, that, <laughs> in that show. People were making sure to uh, not mess with him. So, Philip, do you remember at South Stokes, we did really well yeah. on EOGs or something. I don't remember what it. I don't remember what it uh, actually yeah. was. But we had that day long yep. party. Oh yeah. And they had one of the like what high was the name of that band? What was the name of that band? I can't remember the name of the band. I remember because yes. you know I, I knew several of the members, but I I could I can't remember. Oh, the name they of them. blew our minds because we thought that was the greatest thing ever. Because I remember one thing they did at a talent show. It wasn't at that particular one, but at a talent show, they did they did a cover of Rage Against the Machine's cover of Bruce Springsteen's Ghost of Tom Joad. Yeah, and I'm just like, whoa! And then what was it? They would do something. They would do some other cover song at that at that at that day long party thing. They let them play. I can't remember, and but people lost their minds. I mean, there's that I mentioned it in another show, but there's that recent HBO documentary about Woodstock '99. Well, some of that mayhem happened at South Stokes in 1998. <laughs> it was wild, Philip. <laughs> I remember that so well because it was. It was so out of the ordinary, but yeah. you know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they had a talent show because their original drummer, like, was out of, out of high school, I believe. And yeah. so, you know, he, yeah. I, if I'm, I might be making this up, fam. I'm sorry, but you know, I seem to remember that he was like, they they caught him trying to sneak in so he could play the talent show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they had to use, like, an alternate drummer. But, like, for this actual thing, they had the full band. And that was, you know, Ziggy's was kind of the cat's cradle of Winston-Salem back in the day. It was. It was. And, th th I mean, th the cool thing is, is, like, you hear, like, early on, they had, like, the tour where Bush played Ziggy's and, uh, who was it, uh, No Doubt opened for them. Yeah. It was that tour. And the two of those lead singers ended up getting married for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. It, but, you know, I never yeah, actually Ziggy's, got to. I didn't either. See a show and I there. always wanted to go so bad, and I would like you know my parents either wouldn't let me or I was too scared to go because you'd hear yeah. stories. But I, I, it was kind of a bummer because I wish I had gone because I'll even look at tours now. Like I was looking at some old tours from some bands, some random bands recently, and they would go through Winston Salem and hit up Ziggy's you know, constantly in the, like the early mid nineties. Well, you know, our buddy, Matt, uh, he would go there for the jump little children show. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, at the time, you know, I think it was my parents were like, no, you're too young. You can't do this, whatever, which, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. That's not for me to judge, but, but, um, you know, I was always jealous that he got to go. And then when I finally did see jump little children, 
you know, from, I mean, they're Winston-Salem Band School mm-hmm. of Arts there, you know, I, I absolutely loved seeing them live, but, uh, yeah, um, you know, again, I, I feel awful because I can't remember the name of that band <laughs> that we're talking about, but, uh. Oh, I wish I um, remember their name. It, it'll hit me, like, when I'm trying to fall asleep tonight, Yeah, and I'll remember the name of that band, and it'll really bother me because, like, I really wish it was, it was. It wasn't a bad band name. I remember, <laughs> but they were, and and they were for. I don't even want to say for a high school band. I mean, these these kids were good musicians. They well, were they were a tight little band. What it was is like when you have a high school band, and if you have a good drummer, and their drummer was really good, it makes such a difference because there's so many like young bands. It's so hard to find a good drummer. And I remember like in my grade, um, Adam Barber. You remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He still plays. He's like a legit musician and plays with other bands and stuff. But when he would play with anybody, it made him sound 10 times better because he was a great drummer, you know? But yeah, they, it, I just remember. Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember I was I was in the, the bleachers and they were at the other end of the football field. And I was just observing like kids like killing each other at high school, at school. Phil, that's the first mosh pit I've ever joined. Because I went in there because I wanted to be able to say I was in in there. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to be able to say that I did it. And dude, I mean, there were people getting hurt. It was, it was, it was legit. Yeah. I I remember seeing people like helping their friends walk to the, like, to the edge of the football field. Yeah. 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 Like, like a football game. Like they were getting walked off the field. Yeah. Oh my God. It it was a fun day, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was great. It was a fun day. (laughs) It's a good thing we did well in school so we could like kill each other in a mosh pit at school. That was, they never did that again. No, think. I'm sure not. <laughs> well, I just realized that I didn't even, you know, at the top of the show, I usually talk about what we're going to talk about in our main main segment. Well, well yeah, we're talking, we're talking about something today, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, not just reminiscing about a band we don't remember that was like <laughs> upperclassmen when we were freshmen and sophomore. But we're talking Blue Chips, the movie Blue Chips, 1993. Yeah. We got to get into this. I got a lot to say about this movie. I I've probably seen it a while ago. Haven't really thought about it in a long time. It, you stopped and watched it, didn't you, Patrick? I did. It came on the other night, and I just I'm like, I'm watching this. And Phil, did you say ninety three? I think ninety three. Yeah. I think it was ninety four actually. But I, I know this is like you know splitting hairs. But oh, I hold it was on. I, I can go back. Yeah, it is nineteen ninety four. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. I don't like getting those dates wrong. Oh yeah, so. but no. The only reason I bring that up is I, I remember I, like I was twelve. Okay, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't quite a teenager yet, but like when it came out. Well, yeah, that's a, I I think I saw it many years later, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time. But let's hold off right there. Going to take a short break, Patrick. When we come back, we're getting into blue chips. Nick Nolte, Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> Bobby Hurley. Oh, he's not there. Stokes County Boys is brought to you in part by Bull City Bows and Ties. Gussy up your puppy with these easy-to-attach fashion collar accessories. Your kitty will be sitting pretty in these handsome bows and ties. So go to etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties to see over 50 styles and patterns. Founder and CEO is vet technician by day, pet fashion icon by night. Independently owned and operated, Bull City Bows and Ties can be found on Facebook or Etsy shop. Once again, etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties. Bull City Bows and Ties. Tell them the Stokes County Boys sent you. 
Patrick, we're back. We're back. All right. Now we got to get into it. Not the 93 movie, but the 1994 movie, Blue Chips. This was a stop and watcher for you the other night, and you mentioned it. You're like, hey, this is not a bad movie. And I'm like, oh, yes. But I hadn't thought about that movie in a long time, and I went back and watched it. I was like, that's a great one. I I think think," you were like, we could get something out of this. I'm like, I think you're right. And watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I had a good old time. First of all, I don't know. You could mention anything you want to like to top it off but i had a really good time watching this movie now it's not i want you know i say this a lot it's not a perfect movie or whatever but i really had a good time i enjoyed this movie i did too it's i, I love sports movies I and mean, we've talked oh, about yeah. this before yeah. but like you know it even a, a quote-unquote bad sports movie uh-huh i can watch and I enjoy yeah, it. But yeah. I don't think... I, I'm going to argue, because we're going to talk about this, Philip, but I'm going to argue that this is not a bad movie. I'm going to argue this oh, no, is a really no. good movie. But I do want to I do want to point out that, you know, and again, you know, you take everything on the internet with a grain of salt, but this movie has a similar Rotten Tomatoes rating as Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. The Which Abe is Lincoln what? is at what is 34%. At? This one's at 37%. And I think that's that bullcrap. Is, yeah, I think it's that, bullcrap. I think it's this is a great movie. And even, like... You know, even before we get into this, Philip Shaquille O'Neal killed his role. Yes. He actually is a really uh, good actor in this movie. Yeah, and and then if you see like Kazam, which is like, is it called? It's called Kazam, right? Kazam, the rapping genie. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because sometimes people call it Shazam, but it's not. It's Kazam. I, 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 but he's terrible in that movie. Oh yeah. But the thing is, is like. They utilize him perfectly in this, and he's incredibly charming and just funny. And he, like, you know, he he's just like extremely charismatic in this movie. And the whole time, I'm like, I love this character, Neon Bordeaux. You know, why oh, didn't they great. call him Bordeaux? I mean, Bordeaux is that even a real last name? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> that kind of got on my nerves. I was like, anyways, it didn't matter. But he was awesome. I love that character, Neon Man. Oh, he's great, and it's, it's fun to see him. God, it, this sounds rude, and I don't mean it to. So, Shaq, if you're listening, you know, you know my apologies. We love you, but, Shaq. But, we like, love Shaq. Seeing, by the seeing way, seeing him being so young and skinny, and and you know, I mean, you know, he was a beast. But I mean, oh dude's God. always been in shape. Yeah. But like you know, we remember him from that era. Yeah. And and you know, Philip again. This had nothing to do with the movie, but I remember. Um, once watching the Orlando Magic, and uh, it was the first quarter, and I went outside to play basketball. I was like, you know, I was watching, I was enjoying, but motivating. I went out, played basketball in my, you know, driveway, played for about an hour, and then I came back inside, and it was still the first quarter. And I'm like, what in the world? He, I'd missed it. It, it was one of those games oh, where yeah. he dunked and and tore the entire back. Oh yes, board down, like tore the whole damn thing well, down. He he was kind of influential and. In- backboard technology and like helping to to create these like the rims that would break away even better than they're already making breakaway rims so he wouldn't destroy the the glass on the backboard and he wasn't even trying to do no, it I no. mean, you know this was just, just so he was strong just that much of a monster yeah i mean it was it was it was an honor to watch him play through his career well i will say one thing that makes this a great sports movie 
and I think is a real credit to whoever like organized this and cast it. And the idea, it might've been the director producers. I'm not entirely sure, but the people on the court are actual basketball players. So when you're watching the basketball game, it looks like a basketball game. So many times they'll like have some basketball players and then a bunch of actors on the court and they have to shoot around the actors who can't really play basketball. They might be okay. They had, professionals that had, were young and just out of college playing like they're in college and I mean it looked great it was weird to see like a couple of the players in a different uniform like you know at yeah. the end when they're playing Indiana it was weird to see like Bobby Hurley yes and Philip I hate Bobby Hurley with a passion because he's a dookie <laughs> and and yeah. I, I'm going to stand by that I, I you know oh, Christian yeah. Leitner and he's one of those classic I, just even and even like Grant Hill, I respect Grant Hill. He's such a nice guy, and I like, I, you know, he's an awesome but, player but I too. Him. I yeah. hate, I hate them because I have to, you know. But but people like Bobby Hurley or Leitner were, it was easy to hate them because oh, they were, yeah. they were kind of just slimy, just turds. And if they're not on your team, <laughs> they're not on your team. It's so easy to hate those guys. And you know, for our for our Dookie fans out there, I'm very aware. <laughs> I'm very aware that people can say the same thing about some Tar Heels. You know, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's the same thing. But you know, speaking of, it was really cool for me. You know, it made me smile to see George Lynch in this movie. You know, because he was I didn't one catch of him. Actors. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, oh, he's at the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I saw because I had the subtitles on, I saw his name. But another thing they did well is Nick Nolte's awesome in this movie. He, is, he sounds like a head coach. Yeah. He sounds like a head coach. And even when he's like calling plays and he's running his mouth and he's yelling at the teams in the huddles and stuff, it was very authentic and it, it was great. Wait, and it was so. And again, I use this word in in as a compliment. It was stereotypical. That he, you know, he killed this role, but you could tell he's emulating the coaches that we've all seen out there. Yeah. The Coach K's, the the Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight, the, yeah. The, which is which is really funny because he's even dressed like Bobby Knight, and then he faces Bobby Knight at the end, and they're both screaming, they're cursing out the refs in the same exact way at the end of the movie. So good. <laughs> so did you good. know? Did you catch who directed this movie? Uh, I did not. Okay, it's William Friedkin. Okay. Does, does that name ring a bell to you? Not off the top of my head. So he 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 has directed some classics, Patrick, which is pretty funny, including you know the French Connection, that you know huh. classic chase scene in Chicago, and The Exorcist. He directed I was The say, Exorcist. Was he The Exorcist guy? Yes, <laughs> oh and he God. did Blue Chips. So oh look at the God. range of this guy. He can do cop action movie, French Connection, with that classic car chase scene in Chicago them running under the the L train and things like that. That's great. The Exorcist, one of the the great horror movies of all time. And hey, great sports movie. We're going to say it here. It gets the SCB stamp of approval. Yes. Blue Chips is good. You got to go see it. If if you can't catch it on on cable TV like uh like traditional TV watcher Patrick here on his well, it's still Sling TV, right? But it was ca- on cable. Right now, as of this recording, it's on Hulu. So that's how I was I caught it. If you got if you have access to that, check the movie out. It's great. The other thing that's awesome, it's the very beginning of the movie. It's got, you know, Rick Patino, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, you know, they utilized several coaches. Oh, yeah. uh, Jim Bayham was in there. Right. Yeah, with during the recruiting and stuff. Yeah. It, I think that it it feels like it gives it a little bit more credibility. When you right. see these people, and Dick and, Vitale was at the end, yeah, like running his mouth. Larry Bird 
doing his role. Like, right, right, right. right. <laughs> Love it. The the thing that was great though is that, like you were saying, they they had to, and I think they had to just for because no team would lend based on the story because it's talking about a coach who, you know, he's kind of losing, losing his edge. He was once like a national championship. Like, you know, he always said he ran like a clean program, but he's losing. He had his first like losing season at the beginning of the movie. And so he, he's kind of desperate to get some good players. So he kind of fudges and kind of cheats and pays off these players in various ways to recruit these like three awesome recruits who are, this really tall white dude from Fritch Lick, Ricky Rowe, who has one of the more like devious lines in the movie, I think, who's just a real piece of shit. Because <laughs> he's just like, I, my daddy needs a tractor and I want $30,000 in a bag. You Need know, cash. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it was right before he asked for that $30,000, he's like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a really tall really good white player and i think i deserve a little bit more given that and i'm just like what (laughs) this movie kind of touches on some really important themes that i think and i'm going to make this argument we talk about a lot uh, about like unnecessary reboots sequels and remakes Mm -hmm. this is the type of movie that i think would really benefit from a 21st century remake like thinking about how this is like if you could remake this movie and there's some other things I want to discuss later about this that problems I have with kind of the it touches on some important things that I think are are valid points in the way like college basketball college athletics is run but it just kind of hints at it I don't think it goes deep enough but if you made you could make a really awesome like remake that would scorch the ncaa which i think needs to be scorched it i agree wholeheartedly philip and and, you know i think now because we know more about things i mean you know this this stuff in this movie was happening everywhere oh yeah and and, you know coaches were smart enough because you know i i believe it was um I think it was actually, you know, UNC's football coach, Mac Brown. I think it was when he was at Texas, though, that he said something. I'm going to completely paraphrase. He said that he didn't want to have anything to do with the athletic or the, the academic side because he didn't want, like, professors to feel like he was trying to influence or intimidate or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's a very delicate balance because these players are there to play basketball. They're there to play football. They're there for the sport. Now, I think that you you get the kids that are in um, the the lesser monetary, you know, like the, you yeah. get your your field hockey, your anything, those wrestling, yeah, anything besides men's basketball and and football football. yeah you know but that they're there for that reason they're bringing in millions of dollars and you know they put these athletes who are devoting their lives Mm -hmm. on the stage make millions and say oh but you can't get this your education is being paid for and that's enough yeah you can't take you can't take even like like i remember i watched a documentary about some of these like NCAA violations in football. And I remember Arian Foster was interviewed mm-hmm. and he was saying like one time, like they barely, you know, they get like room and board and stuff taken care of, but that's like it sometimes. And after books and everything, a lot of times they don't have money left over to like 
you know, sometimes eat on the weekends when they're not being fed by the program. Yeah. And so one day he asked the coach like to help him out and he just bought him some like Taco Bell. And he was like, him just doing that for us was a violation of the NCAA just so we could eat that weekend. And I'm like, this is messed up. And they can't get other jobs. I mean, until recently, the, the rules are finally starting to loosen up a little bit. But it took a Supreme Court to to, yes. to do that. Yes, yeah. It, it was an insane thing. But yeah. But I mean, at the time of this movie, 1994, like it was it was on lockdown, everything. And so the, I love the recruiting class because it's like that Ricky Rowe, that tall white kid. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just an actor. I don't he's not an actual basketball player. Is he? I mean, he had to he had to be a basketball. He was player, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Know, he could but, play. But then the other thing that's great is you got Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway, who are actual teammates. And so when they're playing together, it looks good because they actually played together. And they were amazing players, and they were young at the time. This is like, was this his – he'd only been in the league maybe one or two years. When did he – when was his rookie season? I believe it was 92, but I'm not 100% okay, certain. yeah. I'm not 100% certain on that. But, you know, Philip, it was Shaq that pushed the Orlando Magic to draft – Penny Hardaway. Oh, for real? Yeah, because if I'm, and I I might be mistaken on this, but I I should have done my research. I'm sorry. But if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, uh, it may have been Chris Webber that they drafted and and apparently Uh. Shaq pitched a fit, but he didn't know that there was going to be like a draft and trade type thing. Oh, okay. But, but, you know, they got Penny because Shaq was adamant, like, this is who I want to play with. This is who you need. Yeah, and so you know, had 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 Penny Hardaway, and first off, you know, I, I'm again credit where it's due. This dude is killing it in Memphis. He is yeah. killing it as the head coach in Memphis oh, right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, the recruit. I mean, you know, it reminds me of uh, um, uh, oh my God, Jawan Howard up in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I wanted to say Jalen Rose, but I'm like, no, no that's who Jawan I watch Howard. on ESPN. It's right. Jawan Howard. Like, I love when. The alums come back and and, and kind of take their part. They 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 know this stuff. They know this area. And and we've been around long enough that we know these players when they were players. Because yeah. like you know, when I was younger, and you're like watching Phil Jackson, you're like, you know, he won a, a NBA championship with the New York Knicks. You're like, what? How? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or you find out that you know Dean Smith actually played basketball. You know, it kind of throws you for a loop. But um. Yeah, it's cool now, like seeing like Jawan Howard co- head be head coach of Michigan. You know, come back. I forgot. I did, I forgot Penny Hardaway was coaching. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, our my the high school I teach at our, our basketball coach is is on the our, well former basketball coach now is uh being well, rumored. Uh, well, yeah, uh, he's he's being rumored to be on Penny's staff next uh, oh. next year. Um. But you know, so we're not getting them on the show. Is that what you're saying? I try, I was trying to tell you to get them. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but no, uh, with with these players, though, you know, and again, it kind of ties back into the blue chip stuff. Like Philip, one of the best moments of my young childhood was the 1993 Final Four when Carolina yeah. won that national championship and I'm going to give I, I am I'm going to give compliment to Duke and it's hard for me to do this but you know <laughs> it, you you look at the the decades you know late 80s all the way up in to like into and through the 2000s all that like mm-hmm. Duke or Carolina was almost always in the final four one or the other was almost always in the final four and right. that's that's absolutely amazing 
93, when Carolina won the national championship, fifth grade, I'm like, I mean, that was like the greatest day of my life, you know? Um, but the, you know, this the scandal, so to speak, because those players got impermissible benefits and they've taken down the banners in, you know, from the, the Fab Five team. Um, the, the ESPN's done some really good 30 for 30 stuff. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that the rules are wrong. Yes. The NCAA is yeah. wrong in their expectations, and they make it to the point that players are put in a very mm-hmm. awkward predicament where this yeah. stuff is real. And you know, you look at, at Penny's character in this. Yeah, his mom. Yeah, got a house. You know. Yeah, Reggie yeah. Bush at USC. I believe mm-hmm. mom got a house. You know, like it's this is. This kind of hit really close to home for the NCAA, but Philip, the timing of it is what what is, you know, makes me smile. It's because you know, again, we're talking early nineties here. Yeah, and and you know, why is it twenty twenty one before the highest court in the country has to step in and say no? You you got to let them. Uh, May, you know the I, what I, what's the actual law now about like you know the image and likeness. Yeah. Um, so Ed O'Bannon, who was a basketball player in the early '90s for UCLA, UCLA, he he kind of helped kick that off. And it wasn't only like you know, I mean, one of the negative byproducts is we don't get our college basketball video games or football games anymore. But they're they're coming back with football. They are. They are. But I, I was okay with it because he was doing the right thing, and that they totally bank off their likenesses all the time and i mean they they even do it not just the video games not just the jerseys and things like that they're doing it by putting them on tv and making those multi-million dollar who knows just obscene amounts of money tv deals they're still banking off their likeness as we speak it's just not on merchandise right (laughs) or they're not supposed to but like yeah ed o'bannon was doing that, you know, Patrick, I think we'll just, why, why did it take, you know, almost 30 years? I blame the, the, uh, movie critics that panned this movie, blue chips. We could have (laughs) really pushed this movie forward, gotten more people to see it. And, uh, maybe, maybe they would have got the conversation going a little bit faster. It wouldn't have taken Ed O'Bannon in his forties. He could have done it right after his NBA career kind of flopped. It, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> um, no, nah, he's awesome. You can't, anybody that can actually make it to the NBA, I will always respect that person. Well, and, and, you know, at UCLA, he was one of the best point guards in the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, he, yeah. He was unreal. But, it was an awesome you know, team. It's, it's kind of a crappy situation, too, though, that, like, uh, and again, you know, Philip, I, Sometimes I think I half know what I'm talking about with some stuff. Some because I don't know the nitty gritty and all this, but like you know, you look at a school like UNC. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is a pretty big name, and he's got a pretty good little apparel empire. If people are not aware, <laughs> right? Those kids are stocked up in Jordans, right? But they're able to get away with it more because you know he's he's a, a businessman, but he you know he is sponsoring UNC. Um, he actually does the Michigan. Now, I, you know, they're a, a Jordan school. Like, it's right. you look, Philip, I've, I've never understood the obsession with shoes, but it, then again, that's my own ignorance. I, it's just, I'm not into it. You know, I don't, you and, and some of our buddies are really into vinyl. 
Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You know, it's just I you know, I you know you know what I mean. Like it's just like some of these Jordans are ridiculously priced because they're rare or whatever. These kids have full access to it, right. and and it's it's great. But like that's an incentive to go play at UNC. That's an yeah. incentive because you know that like you're getting this stuff as part of your uniform and 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 all this. You know, it's. I don't have an answer, and I don't even know what's right or wrong or all that because I agree fully with Ed O'Bannon and his lawsuit and his and all this. But at the same time, Philip, I was buying those games, those video games. I was playing as Carolina. I was I was playing, you know, enjoying the recruiting process in the NCAA 08 or whatever it was. I love that stuff. I love the games. I'm the only problem with those games is you couldn't send a recruit's dad a new tractor to Indiana like you could in like Nick Nolte's character does. What's his name? Pete Pete Bell. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing about this is like Nick Nolte's great in this movie, which you kind of expect because Nick Nolte's a great actor and he has a great just like gravelly, I've been smoking for decades voice, right? Yeah. But I, I really think, and I'm going to come back to it, I want to come back to it, is Sha- Shaquille O'Neal is so good in this movie. It's surprising because, you know, he's not an actor, but like he just, it, it, it's fun just to watch him interact like when he's in the, the first grade classroom, just like messing with the kids. He's yeah. about to choke slam one of those kids because you know he's a wrestling fan. So you see him, you know, messing, about to body slam one of them. And then like when he's playing with uh, uh, Nick Nolte's ex-wife when she's trying to tutor him, he's playing dumb. And he says he says some things that I think are meant to be kind of throwaway jokes, but he's so right about everything. Like he kind of calls her out and say, "You you act like you're liberal, but you're just you're just racist because you think I'm dumb. I'm not dumb." <laughs> he's like, "I just don't care." And talking about how SATs are culturally biased, and and complaining like, "Why am I? Why do I have to learn English about these old English tales? Why can't I learn about my culture and stuff like that?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's right." Yeah, he's totally right. But you know what, Philip, though, one thing I respect about that is that, you know, and and of course the lines were written for him and all this. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's not a stupid man. You no, know, I, not I, at he's all. a very intelligent man anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, I love listening to him talk, but, you know, he, a lot of times these athlete, these athletes in the, revenue sports are thrown into classes that i mean all they're there for is just to get the the check mark saying that they you know it, it's whatever they just have to maintain whatever like i really you know there's afam classes that he could take that would fit what he was asking for but they're shepherded into these things but i mean but if at the same time if you like like you're saying at unc you have to take an english composition class Right. Where some of the, depending on the professor you get, some of them might be spouting off just bullshit like, like that guy. But it's funny because he was talking about like the Green Knight and the Arthurian, Arthurian legend or whatever. And that there's that new movie out about the Green Knight that's out right now. I, I kind of got a kick out of that. It's, you know, I think, um, is it Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the Transformers movies where he's that <laughs> professor. Uh, you got Colonel Sanders in The Waterboy. This is the professor. Like, you know, I, I think that's an underwritten role in Hollywood is that, you know, 
token professor that's <laughs> you, yeah. you know a, a, a minor off. thorn on the in the side. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I can't decide what this movie is because in some ways I was like, you know what, this is kind of a right wing movie because it, at the very beginning of it, you kind of have like the stuff that Neon was saying. It's kind of thrown aside. I mean, to me, he sounds very right and justified. Although at the end, you know, he's one of the only righteous players on that team, especially out of that recruiting class. Yeah. So, but then also at the same time, you have like the the investigative journalist played by Ed O'Neill, you know. Which, how... (laughs) Al Bundy. Ed Ed O'Neill killed this role, but like... You look at the time period too. It's yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is so funny to like look at him and not think of like no ma'am and and some of those just like awful things that were accepted. But the way he's kind of depicted, especially at the beginning of the movie, it it felt like Nick Nolte. It felt like the way he was talking to Ed. Well, the character's name Ed too. It was just yeah. kind of funny. But the way he was talking to him. It was almost like it reminded me of like Trump press conferences where he's just really antagonistic to the press and just like, what do you want from me? You're always against me, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then at the same time, you also have the happy who's the the alumni. Yeah. Who really says the uh, one of the more truer things, but he's he is, you know, he he's the villain of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> He mentions, he tells really the truth of the movie, which is, we make so much money off of them. They deserve this. They, we owe them whatever we give them. Yeah. Even though it is cheating the way they're doing it, the way the rules are set up. But I, I don't know. It's kind of funny because he's like, <laughs> he's right about that. He, he is right. And that that's... they should be paid for their labor, which they're not being paid for. Yeah. But <laughs> he's also like the the bad guy of the movie. <laughs> He's like the devil character that tempts, you know, v- whatever, you know, Nick Nolte, who's like Faust, and he has to like sell his soul to achieve fame, and then it it comes back down on, on him or whatever. That's right, people. Blue Chips, we're p- comparing it to Goethe's Faust. It is high art. Blue Chips, 1994. Let's, let's reevaluate this movie. And, you know, speaking of how I know we mentioned with Ramona Flowers, when you see like a character and you you associate with another, we talked about Al Bundy, you know, uh, when I when I see happy, I can't think of or I can't help but think of Colonel Markinson and uh, a few good men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like I'm I'm looking at this and it's hard for me because, you know, I know I'm supposed to hate happy because he's the bad guy or whatever. But at the same time, it's like. He was in a tough situation with his position in down in uh, Gitmo. <laughs> so, you know, I was what was he supposed little, to do? You know, but you know, Philip, like it's friends of the program. I, I really love that term that they use, a friends of the, the program. Of the program. <laughs> I mean, but but that's kind of how it was done. Oh, yeah, well, not yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, but that that did take. You know, there's again, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I'm 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 just kind of factually speaking. That's how coaches could honestly say, I didn't know, I had no control, I had nothing, yeah. because yeah. it's the system in place. And and it's, it's uh, Happy said something, Philip, that was like, you know, it's, it, it, there's no tracing this back, mm-hmm. because it's the, this is washed yeah. of this, and, and, you know, the, the gun is smoking, but he's right there's there's enough layers to the system and when you realize that probably and again i'm guessing and and i'm not 
naive enough to think. I mean, UNC took. You know, I'm going to be very biased to UNC always, yeah. but UNC took pretty big hit over the last decade for okay. a lot of things. Yeah. It's it's everywhere, mm-hmm. at least to some sort of extent. And the fact that the players, you know, again, you said it. Happy's right. They owe the players something mm-hmm. if they're doing that. Mm-hmm. They owe it. They like they deserve some sort of cut that the school is getting because they exist. Yeah. Think about the stress these kids have and they're like 18, 19 years old and they're like I have to walk this like perfect line and I also have this really demanding physical basically it's full-time job and I'm a full-time student. And uh you know, they may or may not have money. It depends on their parent situation. It's just like, what kind of situation are you putting these in? Well, yeah, we give them new sneakers when they need them, but like, come on, <laughs> you know, that's not enough. Pay the, you pay me. Don't give me shoes. Pay me, you know, at the end of the day. That, yeah, at the end of the day. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's wild. Well, and um, Philip, you you touched on. I want I want to go back to something you, you just said. You touched on. I mean, you know, I, I took some when I first moved to high school to teach. I took some crap from a couple of kids because I was calling them kids instead of students. And looking back now, like, and, and I don't have that same issue now because, you know, my students understand you're kids. Right. You're kids. I can say that because I'm pushing 40. And I've got the benefit of looking back. When you're 18 years old, Philip, when you're 19 years old, yeah, you can vote. Yeah, you're an adult. But everything that you do is training you to be a better adult. You're facing situations that you have not had to face before. You're maybe paying rent for the first time. You maybe have to pay your water bill for the first time. You might have you might have to choose between, you know, Netflix or the WWE network. <laughs> you know, you you might you're you're learning to be an adult and it's a transition. They're teenagers. Of course they're going to be more susceptible to bribes and and of course that leads to scandals. Or being invited to a party and they go they go to the party. Yes. You know? Exactly. And that's a violation. And, it's like And the NCAA tur- turns this blind eye to it because they're getting paid. They know it. The coaches, uh, th- this got brought up in the, this movie as well. The coach, you know, coach Pete, he's still making his millions. Yeah. He's still pay yep. he's still cashing his check. He's getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, it, that was a great thing about the movie is like I, I don't think it go as hard as I'd like it to, but I think it did it did bring it up and it, it does have it as a common theme of like we're making money off of these off of these young men, mostly mostly African American men, and we're making money off like shit tons of money off of them without paying them. Now, if you say it like that, and it is what it is. That sounds pretty messed up to me, and I think it's wrong. And so even though, you know, the law, which is the NCAA, says certain things aren't allowed, well, who cares what the NCAA has to say about anything anymore? Like, to me, they've lost all credibility to me. I mean, I love college basketball, not quite as much as you do, but I love it. I I have a hard time watching it these days because of what I've kind of finally realized and and reckoned with and actually kind of admitted to myself about the system that I enjoy, you know, the system within, the system with which I am in and 
participating in where I enjoy these games, you know? So it makes me, it makes it a little bit harder for me to enjoy these games. I still watch them, you know, <laughs> I'm still complicit, but I, I had, I, I, it's not pure joy anymore. It's still pure joy for me though. And I feel, <laughs> and I hate that because like, I, right. I, well, I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm the problem. Well, there's, as they say, Patrick, as they say, there's no ethical consumption in capitalism. So <laughs> not to excuse it, but we, we, if we can't feel about bad about everything, because we would, you know, shrivel up and die. Um, but we're in this like messed up system. Well, and I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. that there's some changes being made. I really, truly am. But Philip, like, I, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm that Carolina Duke game. That Carolina Duke game, something else. And you know, I got to see the loudest I've ever seen a sporting event. Marvin Williams hit a shot. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, and then we realized, like, why are they staying around? Oh, he was fouled. Like it was, you know, like it was <laughs> the loudest I've ever heard that Dean Dome. I brought you to a game back when Wake Forest. You know, getting back to our roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, with Tim Duncan. Um, you know, Chris Paul. God, I hate that guy. Randolph Childress. Like early, Randolph early days. Childress. Jesus Christ. There's that a ACC tournament. He yeah. went off. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. God. But, you know, I brought you to the game, and this was, uh, you know, bringing back Julius Peppers, Ronald Curry, our quarterback, also played. He was a two-sport athlete. Yeah. But I don't, I don't I, I, yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know if you remember. You can't not remember it. I oh, took you. I remember to, that game. I took you to that Wake game, and the worst thing in the world that Wake Forest did, because, I mean, you know, they were a top five team. We were up, I think we were top ten. But, you know, they were, like, championship yeah, contenders. Really mm-hmm. Big game, big moment, huge, like half-court alley-oop to Peppers from Curry. And the dummy coach calls timeout. <laughs> and so all that did was give the the media people in the Smith Center a chance to replay that. Yeah, over they can't replay the whole it. crowd. Yeah. is just ooh, ooh, every that, time. Yeah, that was definitely the best game I'd ever seen live, and probably still to this day in terms of um, a sporting event, like a live sporting event. It was amazing. Um, but it is awesome. But let's get back to the movie, right? Blue Chips, which is also a great movie couple complaints about this one the score sucks i really hate the score of it it's kind of that chintzy like cheap blues sounding music i can't stand it that kind of stuff drives me nuts it sounded like a bad 80s movie yeah or or like if you remember the movie wild things (laughs) with with uh kevin bacon nev campbell Uh and Uh i think denise richards yeah like like yep yep it because it, it was sleazy. I think that was kind of the point, though. It was, but the music, yeah, it's and terrible. The thing, it kept playing that song like "Baby, Please Don't Go" down to New Orleans, like different versions. It was so on the nose because it was like, well, that's where Neon Badeau is from, and they're playing that song as he's driving into Louisiana to recruit him, <laughs> playing the Van Morrison version, and then at the end, there's just like even worse cover of baby please don't go and i'm just like and and they keep playing it throughout the whole thing and then, yeah that that's one complaint i have is just it had one redeeming quality phil was that they had a ccr song <laughs> you know there was a ccr song in the soundtrack and well, phil, this is I, I'm, I'm convinced okay. i'm convinced that every movie 
that's the, ever made needs to have a CCR song well, in the soundtrack. Here's the problem with that, I would say, is that needle drop. I do enjoy a good CCR drop. Usually it's in a, a usually it's in a Vietnam movie. Even Kong, uh, slight spoiler alert, but even Kong Skull Island, which takes place during the like late 60s, early 70s, has a CCR drop. And you're just like, wouldn't be a, a Vietnam-type movie without that. But you can tell a boomer made this movie because not only do they have the CCR drop, the Van Morrison, but one of the pivotal scenes in the movie where, and it's a great, it's I love the way it's written, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they he references some allegations of point shaving. He's like, you know, that was that was bull crap, blah blah blah. That's a goddamn lie, you know. Doing my best, Nick Nolte there. Um, <laughs> uh, but then he finds out, he finds out that it wasn't a lie. That Happy and the quote unquote friends of the program had had a. Re- talked to one of his players, Tony, had talked to Tony and convinced him just to just to not, you know, cover the spread. They still won the game, but he gave up a few buckets. The thing that's just like, oh my God, this this was the early 90s. It should have had like public enemy. It should have had like bands like it should have had like, you know, it should have had hip hop. It should have had like early 90s bands because it's college students so what happens when he realizes the point shaving and he says tony what's the song that drops all along the watchtower by hendrix which then becomes diegetic music so he runs into that party they're listening to that music in the party basically and it's like no 1993 college party is going to have all along the watchtower, like with basketball players, that, no way. And so I was just like, "That's the only thing." It's a little thing, but I'm just like, "No, it should have been. It should have been any other song." But <laughs> I mean, it was funny the way he was like, "Tony, bum 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 bum," <laughs> you know. Well, hey, you know, we talk about. I don't want to say overused songs. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's it's a cheap it's a cheap Hendrix song. That all along the watcher, it must have been like at the time. That's the only thing behind it because it's in every it's in every movie. When it dropped in this soundtrack, like it, in that moment <laughs> you're talking about, you know, my ADD kicked in and I uh-huh. started thinking about the Watchmen and how it was used in that. <laughs> well, that's oh, we could talk all day about Zack Snyder talking about on the nose, uh, you know, uh, pop culture pop song drops. He is. He is the worst offender. Like Friedkin in this movie, I think gets a slap on the wrist. Uh, Zack Snyder, he is. It, it's even worse. I and and this is someone who likes some of his movies, but he is the biggest offender of that. And I mean, come on, the worst thing he does, he does it. I mean, it happens right at the beginning of Watchmen, where they're showing a timeline of the comedian <laughs> through the ages. And what are they playing? The times are changing <laughs> during a, a, a chronological montage. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's like he, he totally employs, you know, first thought, best thought when it comes to, to music choices in the movies he does. I mean, and even, even in the most recent movie he did, uh, uh, Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. he, he does the same thing. And it's like really on, I mean, can you guess, okay, you know, Army of the Dead, zombie movie, 
What's the final song that plays in that movie? What is it? Little song by the Cranberries called Zombie. <laughs> like, come on, man. But the thing he does here is he does a cover version of it. So it's not the original. That's the only thing where you're just like, oh, he did the extra step of finding a, a pretty good cover of it. I'm just like, oh. Anything else you want to talk about? Blue chips. Once again, I, I got to say, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, you know, talking about like some some things that really popped up when I was watching this that like, you know, again, it's it, it feels like it. Oh, how do I want to say it? I mean, it, it feels like this movie, you know, it, it's exaggerating. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's I still a movie. Wonder, it is a movie. Like, how much it's actually exaggerating. You know, I mean, I, I think that like they, they were just scratching the surface of some yeah. shady stuff that goes on. I would really, you know, you mentioned doing a remake of this. I would be really interested if this movie had been released now compared to them, mm-hmm. would it have grasped American culture a little bit better? Would people have really, you know, like would, would, would it be a, a, a 30 plus percenter on Rotten Tomatoes? You know, you know like, yeah, I even even if it was made then when it was made in like 94, even though Friedkin is a good director and I think the um, the scenes, especially like the basketball direction and the action in the basketball, like I'm assuming he did that. It could have been like a second unit director or something like that. I think that is paced really well and looks really good even now. Uh, the actual basketball action and then cut into like the huddles and, and hearing the coaches interact with the players and yell at the refs and stuff like that. I think that's, I think that was well done. I really think that it would have, it might've benefited from like a different director, like a younger director, like at the time. Um, I don't know who it would be, but like, especially for some of the like music choices and just some of the, some of the things like that. But yeah, I, I would like to see a remake of this. I think, see, movies like this, I think, are what they should be remaking, not movies like, you know, like Ghostbusters, which is a classic. You don't need to remake Back to the Future. You don't need to remake, like, I don't know, uh, Do the Right Thing or something like that. You don't need to remake those movies because they're already classics. Things that you need to remake are, like, stuff like this, where it's a really good idea. It was not like a cultural or critical like smash and maybe it has some missteps that you could fix if you did it again. You know, this is, this is a type of movie I think that would be an awesome remake and I'd be all for it, but you know, it's not going to happen, but I want to see blue chips 2023, right? That's the thing, Philip. Like it, it tries to be a lot deeper than it really actually is, but I mean, yeah, they're just, no. they're, they're just scratching the surface. They yeah, exactly. Really yeah gone more you know in the direction that they were hinting at i wish they would have you know like i i thought that nick nolte killed his role i thought he was great and you know and and you said i mean you know how many different religions did he say he was you know lying lying depending on who he's with that's that's (laughs) real and you know like even even with Shaq, talk about like the culturally biased tests and stuff Nolte uses Shaq's own words. That stuff is real. That stuff's brilliant. I mean, you know, you say whatever you have to 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 get the people that you want. Um, uh-huh. it, it did make me laugh. And again, I'm not trying to just make this like a UNC, UNC, UNC. It did make me laugh when uh, <laughs> when he was talking about, um, like, you know, he, he had his first losing season. He looks up at his national championship banners 
He's like, you know, people used to come in this gym, see the banners and be intimidated and all this stuff. It made me laugh because I'm looking at these like two little banners. <laughs> I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's nothing to sniff at. You know, no, it's not. It's not. It, but it just, it made me laugh because I'm so used to the ACC where there's, I mean, you know, ACC and basketball yeah, are hand in yeah. hand and just, you know. I mean, wouldn't you just love a, a football banner? There's there's none to be found in that in that Keenan Stadium. But <laughs> I would love one, though. <laughs> you know, Georgia Tech has one up there where they got uh, back before they actually had an official title game. I think it was 93, actually. They uh, they won the national championship based on the voting. But it was also Nebraska won it that year, I think it was. Maybe, maybe, it, it, maybe. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but it was split. But they've got, you know, they've got that broadcasted. Unlike Chris Jericho in 2000, it's a disputed <laughs> championship, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Philip, you know, some, something else I want to throw in there, and this is, you know, a little silly, but it's the truth. Windbreakers, just the style, yeah. like those, the, you yeah. know, those, those windbreaker outfits. Philip, I want them to come back. I yeah. love the colors. They I think they are. They are back. You can find them. People are wearing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids are wearing them, Patrick. You can find them. Hey, what else you can find? You know I looked it up. You can get a, a Neon Badeau or a Butch McRae, who, who was Penny Hardaway. You can find those jerseys. It says Western. It's got their name on the back, which is actually movie inaccurate, because if you look at the their jerseys, they, they didn't have their last names on the back of it. But I thought that was pretty cool. I, I would like to wear a Western Dolphins jersey. No, that's awesome. I sent y'all an image. I found an image of like like fake basketball cards of of Butch McRae and and Neon. So I, oh, that's awesome. I had a good time with that. You mentioning um, I like you know because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I kind of like yeah, that yeah. they were the Dolphins a little. You know, it's just fun. <laughs> but you know, you mentioned the names on the back of jerseys. I wore a when I taught middle school. I wore a Ray Finkel jersey. And I asked the kid, I'm like, does anybody know who this is? One kid knew. And I'm like, <laughs> you yes. are the best person in the world. But, uh, yeah, but, they just you know, have the random dad that that mentioned it one time. Or <laughs> mom or dad, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, Phil, this is, this is a movie that I think is is a lot better than people give it credit for. And, and again, you know, you had all those coaches which give it credibility. The, the, the scenes, the actual basketball scenes, as you mentioned, you know, right at the top, because they were actual basketball players, they were able to do more, you know, and, and, you know, and Larry Bird, like Philip, he's known as like the greatest trash talker in the game. And, Uh you know, you read stories, you hear other people talking. I would love He's one of those people, you know, one day we need to do like a top five who would just sit down and, and just chat with type thing. Mm-hmm. I would love to just talk to Larry Bird and just, you know, just tell me stories. Right. Just, 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 you know, let me, let me set a field recorder down and hit record, go. Just talk to me. He's, he, he's such a, he, he does, how because, you know, he's in Space Jam. Like the the yeah. good one, the good Space yeah. Jam, with Michael, Jordan. <laughs> this is one thing that drives me crazy about. I just got to say something about Space Jam: New Legacy. When LeBron James is trying to like be the best player ever and get out of the shadow of Michael Jordan, why on earth would you remake a movie that he did? Why on earth would you do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like. 
you want to be your own person and and your own new legacy, don't make a Space Jam movie. Do a different movie. Do a different basketball movie. Come on, LeBron. Remake Blue Chips, okay? LeBron, I know he's listening because he understands good quality content because, you know, he's got his production company making stuff like Space Jam, A New Legacy. Remake Blue Chips. Until then, he is not the GOAT basketball player that is also in uh, movies. All right, Patrick? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm glad you agree with me. I'm glad. See, sometimes, you know, we can disagree and that's okay, but... And the really important stuff, I'm glad we agree that LeBron James should produce a remake of Blue Chips. He should. That could be his legacy. <laughs> a new legacy. You know, he can take his he can take his he's already taken his talents to Hollywood. He's already there. Yeah. He's so right he's there. He's got the money. He's got a deal but, uh, with Warner Brothers. I think it switched, but he did have a deal with Warner Brothers. I think it switched to Universal after he realized the Space Jam movie sucks. Universal. LeBron, get to me. We can we can make a we can fix uh, Friedkin's uh, blue chips. I want to get a, a younger, hipper director, and we're gonna really, as I said, we're gonna scorch the NCAA. Okay, we're gonna change hearts and change minds. Ed O'Bannon will be the coach, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and we're gonna make it good, Patrick. All right. This all make I mean this makes too much sense, Philip. I know it's good. All right, I'll let you know how it goes. You know, this will become the the uh, Blue Chips uh, pre-production podcast when it's all said and done. You know, whether you did, uh, I do want to throw it out there, though, uh, you know, <laughs> talk about remakes and stuff. I am actually really excited about the Ghostbusters movie that's coming up. <laughs> all right, here, here's one of my problems with it. And and see, I don't want to, like, shit on it because you see the, the, um, the preview. It does what, like, J.J. Abrams did with these Star Wars movies. You know, you see the the little proton pack laser wrap around the ghost, and it looks great. And you're like, Mm-mm. it hits that nostalgia button. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, why is that damn Ecto one in a wheat field? The whole thing is they're in damn New York City. That's all. That's half of the movie that they're in New York City. I don't get it, Patrick. I think I think the plot's going to answer that question because and why there's are there a kids? reason they're out there in that location. And I, I can't wait to I don't find know. it. I am skeptical as hell, but you know I'm going to see this movie. I know. We'll probably go watch it together. We will. <laughs> and get the get the Lambda variant watching this sh- stupid-ass remake. You know what, though? It is what it is. Yeah. But hey, I, I, that Dan Aykroyd at the very end, you know, we're closed. Like, I can't, this trailer made me excited. I'm really actually excited about this. But if it, I I don't, I want to throw this out there though, Philip. Month salary, if they uh, have all along the watchtower in the soundtrack. (laughs) All right, I'll take you up on that. All right, all right. Wait, I'm not offering mine, I'll just take yours. (laughs) Because I don't think they will have it. I think it'd be great. <laughs> oh my god, it's Slimer. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my god. Because they realize, what do they realize? Who's going to save the day? Slimer. Slimer is actually going to help them uh, defeat the big bad. Well, well, Patrick, you know, hey, this is very important for everybody out there to do. When we actually review Ghostbusters Afterlife, how will you know about it? Well, the easiest way it's to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe. You won't miss an episode. So you'll hear the developments of the Blue Chips remake and our thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
Let us know what you think about all this stuff. Contact us on Twitter at SCBoysPot, Instagram at Stokes County Boys. Email StokesCountyBoys at gmail.com. We have Spotify playlists, all the music featured on the show, or you hear on here. You'll hear it on the playlist as well. Uh, support the show. There's various ways to do it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you can rate and review, give us five stars, write a review on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, subscribe so you hear every episode. We've got merch. Check the show notes, bonfire.com slash store slash SCB. You can get some shirts, different designs. We have our sponsor, Bull City Bows and Ties. Give them a look. If you have a pet, a dog, or a cat, you want to gussy up your puppy, go to that. Uh, also, direct support, anchor.fm slash SCBoys slash support. Little as 99 cents a month. You can keep this train a-rolling. All right? Patrick, it's been fun. It has been now go buy yourself another linebacker. Yes, and Patrick, I'm just going to tell you, as you, you, you know, I was about to give you a Nick Nolte quote and you beat me to it, <laughs> but I just want to tell you one thing that we're going to end the show on, Patrick. I love you all very much. Hell of a game you played. Because this ain't about education. It ain't much about winning, and it sure as hell ain't much about basketball. It's about money. Just goddamn money. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say that joker to